Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Freshman of the year. And he's just getting better and better. Neal into the paint up top for Cambridge Junior. Extra pass for Horn. That's good with the answer. Well, it's always fun when teams offensively just play the right way. Gaffney, his three. That's good. Everybody's had threes for the Sun Devils. I mean, everybody. They have five different guys that have canned three-pointers in this game. And Nevada's drought is six and a half minutes. Third down and 11. Jones is sacked. What a year for Zach Allen. Second and 10, quick pass outside, and that is complete. That is Moreau, and Moreau fighting for yardage. The ball is loose again. Uh -oh. Picked up by the Cardinals. This is Byron Murphy to the end zone for game. the touchdown and the win. Crowder extended the defense on Booker. Booker works on him, pulls back, shoots, scores it at the horn. And then a few words for boss man 9-9. A one-point game as we head to the fourth. Ellis missed it, and Larson comes away with it. Numbers for Arizona. Great defensive what transition. Pass and finish to Bellis puts it in and a timeout by USC. The Wildcat offense is rolling right now with a 10-point lead. Amongst many other things, and they are the aggressor, but they got to find Nick Smith Jr., who is coming off of that game winner and playing with a ton of confidence. Radford the lob. What a finish! Solomon Washington, eight-point lead, council foul. Very few fast-break opportunities for the Aggies, but they are opportunistic. The three up, Murphy. Moran, oh, takes oh. off and changes, and puts it down with the offhand. Did John ja Moran just switch hands in mid-flight and finish with a dunk? He got vectored. Dial 602 260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Thursday, March 16th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7, ASU, how would you describe last night's performance? The Cardinals, are you okay with their early free agency, stra free agency strategy, let's call it? The Suns, what do you want to see tonight? The U of A, does it cover the 14 and a half points today against Princeton? Also, uh, the NCAA tournament, more NCAA tournament, basically who you got? The NBA, what's your reaction to a John Morant's eight-game suspension and what caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15 or so, we'll go around the NBA. Michael Pena will join us from the ringer. 9.30, it'll be interactive action at 602-260-1060 and also the local roundup. That'll include 
some ASU and Nevada analysis from last night. An amazing first half for ASU. We'll get to the, get into that statistically. Uh, the final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup. That'll be topped by the latest line for the NCAA tournament. We'll get into a little of the NBA latest line for tonight's Suns and a couple other games involving uh, contenders in the Western Conference. And also in this hour, we'll have our daily spring training report and lunch for two at Porta Subs. In addition, every day between 9 and noon from today until March the 24th, one caller will get a $25 voucher to Winter Sports Bar at Desert Diamond Casino West Valley to watch all the basketball games. Then after the sports zone from 10 to noon, it is the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, was ASU's spectacular performance against Nevada a one-game thing or a sign of things to come the rest of the NCAA tournament? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Looks like leading right now, one game thing. 75% of the votes, side of more, 25% on KDUS1060.com. The Sun Devils, 53 first half points were their most in any half this season. And the 98 points in the win against Nevada yesterday, the most uh, any game for ASU over the last 10 years. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll, do you approve of the Cardinals' seemingly passive approach to begin the offseason? And Corey once again has early returns. Leading right now is no, 62.5% of the vote. Yes, at 37.5% of the vote over on KDUSAM1060 on Twitter. It appears the new general manager, Monty Ford is starting from scratch with Zach Allen and Byron Murphy, two of the Cardinals' best players from last season, among others, uh, moving on. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Suns, losers of three straight. They host the Magic tonight. The 28-41 Magic entered the uh, night 13th in the Eastern Conference. What or or who must change tonight for the Suns to end this three-game losing streak against the lowly Magic? Meanwhile, back to the NCAA tournament. The Wildcats begin their NCAA tournament play this afternoon against Princeton. In case you missed it the last two days, third straight day for this question. The point spread hasn't changed, actually, in this time. Uh, who you got ATS, the U of A minus 14.5, or Princeton plus 14.5? Spanning the globe, staying with the NCAA tournament. There are 16 games today. I've narrowed that down to give four games for pipeline purposes. So who you got ATS today? West Virginia minus two against Maryland. That game starts in just a few moments. Illinois is getting two against Arkansas. Auburn playing in this they're playing in their home state. Uh, minus one against Iowa. And Penn State's getting two against Texas AM. As I mentioned, I just kind of narrowed the card down to those four games. Also, any predictions from you uh, regarding today's games or the tournament itself? Certainly encourage discussion. Meanwhile, rip from the headlines, the NBA suspended John Morant eight games without pay for conduct detrimental to the league. Uh, That makes him eligible to return on Monday. Is the NBA's eight-game suspension a job rant? Uh, Is that enough of a punishment for his actions on March the 4th at a nightclub in Denver? 
In addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show, which is all the way back to yesterday? That is today's Pipeline. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the uh, Pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, we'll have a news update that'll be followed by an NBA discussion. A little NBA today, step away from the college basketball, we'll get back into it. Yeah, probably for pretty much the most of the the rest of the of the uh, certainly the sports zone and also the extra point. But uh, next segment, some NBA talk, including we'll get into some Suns. Michael Pena will join us from the Ringer, and uh, we'll go around the NBA with him, including uh, certainly talk about the John Morant uh, suspension, eight games ruled yesterday by the NBA. Once again, bottom of the hour, it'll be phone call time six zero two two sixty ten sixty. You are listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you. 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. And uh, we'll have plenty of NCAA tournament stuff the rest of the morning for sure and beyond. Uh, but right now, before we uh, get uh, before it gets too hectic, onto the NBA we go and out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports center by Michael Pena of the Ringer. And Michael, good to have you on the show once again. And first up, what was your reaction to John Morant being suspended for eight games? Yeah, I don't think that that was necessarily a, a huge surprise. Um, he stepped away from basketball and from the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, I guess the team sent him away uh, after the video was revealed of him at the uh, strip club in Denver holding a gun. And, you know, it's just obviously a very unfortunate incident. Obviously, John needs to get as much help as he can. He's one of the faces of the entire NBA, and there's a lot riding on his future for the league and for the Memphis Grizzlies and obviously for himself. Um, So the suspension wasn't very surprising at all given what transpired, and I think a lot of people are just looking forward to uh, him getting back on the court and watching him play basketball and being a healthy Human being. Was eight games enough, or you know, what, what was your, you know, the length of the suspension? You know, what did you think about that? Yeah, I, you know, for that type of 
situation where I don't believe he was charged with anything. Um, there have been a lot of allegations that he has denied and his representation has denied. Uh, so I don't, I think eight games is fine. I, you know, I don't really get too bogged down in the number there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of tacked on to or what he has already quote unquote served in terms of his time away is included in that eight game. So it is what it is. I suppose the fact that it's not paid is a little revelatory, but, uh, but yeah, eight games seems like a fine number, I suppose. All right. So between Morant's recent actions and the Grizzlies decline in play before that, uh, yeah, they are in a current three-game winning streak right now, but how do you look at Memphis moving forward for the rest of the season? Yeah, it's going to be really difficult for them to replicate what they did last year getting to the second round and really pushing the eventual champion Golden State Warriors. I mean, Memphis's bread and butter, their identity, is their defense, uh, their front court depth, and just their ability to bully you on the offensive glass. And so not having Steven Adams for an extended period, you know, he had an injection in his knee. He's not going to be back for a few more weeks. He's integral to how they play um, and who they are. Uh, They'll miss him. The fact that Brandon Clark is gone with a torn Achilles, he was very, very, very important for uh, them last year in the postseason made critical plays off the bench. And, you know, with Adams out, his role is only increased. So they're going to miss them. And then, you know, we'll see what Ja looks like. I don't think Ja will be, you know, not an all-star when he gets back to the he'll still be an amazing player. But just, like, when will that be? And where will they be? You know, they'll either be two or three in the standing, so that's fine. But, you know, they'll have to go up against the Clippers or the Golden State Warriors or maybe even the Phoenix Suns in round one. Like, that's going to be very difficult. As a Western Conference with a lot of pretty good teams in it that can really turn on the Jets uh, in the next coming weeks. So, you know, I think Memphis is in kind of a little bit of a trouble short term. Speaking of the Western Conference, you know, Denver had been cruising atop this conference before the current four-game losing streak heading into tonight's game against Detroit. The Nuggets' recent slide, is that reason for concern or no big deal in your mind? You know, I think that uh, it's not great <laughs> if you're Denver. <laughs> um, I think that Jokic has played amazing, but uh, – Teams are having a little bit of success uh, defending him with big teams that have big wings. They're throwing their big wings on him and kind of forcing him to be more of a scorer than he typically would like to be. That's bothered him. I think the real issue is obviously uh, their defense, which is one-dimensional in how they can really play, and that's largely because of because of Jokic and his limitations on that end. And then, like, at the end of the day, they need Jamal Murray to look like a borderline all-star, and he just hasn't. And he's dealing with a knee issue that 
uh, kept him out of the back end of their recent loss against the Nets, and then he played a ton of minutes against the Raptors and was terrible and was completely outplayed by Fred VanVleet in that game where they were pretty much blown out the whole time. They, they clawed their way back, but um, they need Jamal Murray to be a sensational force, and we, we've seen it in glimpses this season, but we haven't seen it for sustained stretches, and that's that's more worrisome to me than I think than a four-game losing streak. Yeah, I think it's been assumed for weeks, I guess, that you know Jokic is headed for another MVP. Is 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 the MVP race now up for grabs? I think it is. Uh, Joel Embiid has been tremendous on both ends. His defense last night against the Cleveland Cavaliers on ESPN was sensational. He completely locked down the paint. Um, took everything away from Cleveland's offensive strategy, which is really to bang on the inside. And he was amazing. Obviously, he's got the 30-point streak going, and the way he kind of just physically overpowers double teams, there's no one in the league right now who does it quite like him. Uh, Giannis is having an absolutely tremendous season when he's able to play. Uh, And I think, you know, Jokic... In my opinion, if the season ended today, I would probably vote for him. But there's still, you know, a dozen games left. I think that the competition is hot on its tail. If Denver continues to lose, and I don't think they'll lose first place in the Western Conference, but if they do, then it's going to be pretty difficult, I think, in a lot of voters' minds to vote him in um, as the number one MVP. And, look, if Embiid continues his streak up and that team takes the number two slot, away from the Boston Celtics, I think a lot of voters will say, hey, look at his impact on the defensive end, look at the scoring, look at just the physical dominance. He's got to be the MVP this year after two straight seasons of being a runner-up to Jokic. Michael Pena of the Ringer currently in the sports zone. Okay, on to the Suns we go. Uh, they've lost three straight now to Sacramento, Golden State, and Milwaukee. Kevin Durant reportedly will be reevaluated in two more weeks. Uh, will the Suns hold on to a playoff spot, or might they fall into the play-in spot situation in the Western Conference? Uh, no, they're... I would be a little surprised if they fell to the seventh seed. That would mean either the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Dallas Mavericks has caught up to them. And I think there's a three-game gap in the loss column right now. And you look at Phoenix's schedule, and it's not super easy. They've got some tough competition up ahead. But I generally trust uh, their talent, their top three. Um, Devin Booker, in particular, has continued to play extremely well. Uh, the defense is a little worrisome, I will say. You know, this three-game losing streak was against three really good offenses, Kings, Warriors, and Bucks, three of the best offenses in basketball. So there's not too much to take away from there. But at the end of the day, when you lose Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, two really important pieces um, on the defensive end, as well as just reliable floor spacers who can create their own shot, um, not having Kevin Durant in the lineup is extremely glaring. Those are two key rotation pieces for the past couple of years, few years for the Phoenix Suns. So there's a lot on Devin Booker's shoulders. I think Chris Paul is going to have to be a little bit more aggressive scoring the ball. 
he's in a shooting slump right now. Um, that is a little, I wouldn't say worrisome, but teams are going to let him shoot and he's got to make those shots and uh, be a little bit more aggressive. And then DeAndre Ayton needs to be a force on both ends. But I would be, I would be generally still surprised if they drop um, out of the playoff picture. They could be 60. They could stay where they are, um, could get the number five and lose home court in the first round, which would not be great for them. That's, not what they want, um, given everything they gave up to get Kevin Durant, but um, falling to seven, going to the play, play and I, I just don't barely happening. Michael, I appreciate you mentioning the defense with uh, you know, no Bridges, no Johnson, and obviously no Durant now. I've been preaching that to the masses here for a couple of weeks now, so thank you very much. <laughs> um, next up, <laughs> a couple of teams that I, I think I'm contractually uh, I think I'm contractually obligated to ask about. In fact, let's start with the Warriors. They've been so bad defensively on the road and this deep into the season. Is that something they can change, or is that just what they are at this point? I, I, you know, I think it's what they are. I continue to think that when 100% healthy, that is, that may be the team that, you know, you have to beat them at a chance. And Andrew Wiggins, obviously, you know, he was their second-best player throughout their run to the finals, and then in the finals, I think he was clearly their second-best player. So they haven't had him for a long stretch here. Um, I think it's sometimes 13 straight games that he's been out with a personal issue. Um, so that that matters. That can't be overlooked. Uh, but the road issues are season-long, and they've been great at home. Can't win anything on the road. Last night against the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, Seth Curry was sensational. Has had it was his best game of the year, I think, by far. Dropped 50 points, an efficient shooting. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers had absolutely no answer for him, and it didn't matter. Uh, they could score at will on Golden State's defense, and Golden State's defense is the reason that they won the championship last season. So, I don't know. Like a lot of the same pieces are there. They're missing, you know, Gary Payton the second and Otto Porter, but. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting stretch run here for Golden State if they can stay on and avoid the play-in. I still think in the first round, if they are healthy, that is not the team that you want to play. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green are still all playing at an exceptionally high level. And there's just an incredible pride factor with that team, with that organization. Uh, so I'm not going to give up on them just yet, but you're right to point out that on the road, their defense has just been terrible all season long, and I don't know if that necessarily, I can't guarantee that that changes. Talking NBA with Michael Pena of the Ringer. Okay, the next team I think I'm required to discuss are the Lakers. Uh, should the Western Conference you know, title contenders be concerned that the Lakers are their opening round opponent? <laughs> no. Uh, not at all. I, uh, I don't even understand where that comes from, to be honest with you. Like, I see how well that they've played since the trade deadline, and Jared Vanderbilt is this Dennis Rodman 2.0, and D'Angelo Russell's hitting shots, and Malik Beasley's hitting shots, and that's all wonderful. Like, at the end of the day, it's just, like, not a very good basketball team. Uh, I don't know when LeBron is coming back. Anthony Davis just keeps 
not playing in basketball games that are important. He didn't play last night. They lost to the Houston Rockets, a team that is trying to lose games this season. Uh, so, no, I, I mean, I, I respect their the, the depth that they've added since the trade deadline. I think I like their roster more now than before. Uh, they play hard. That's all terrific. But at the end of the day, they're not beating the Nuggets. I would take the Kings over them. I just crapped over the Grizzlies. I'd take the Grizzlies over them, Phoenix, the Clippers. Like, name anybody. I, I just think they're better basketball teams than the Los Angeles Lakers. Good answer. I need to get I need to get uh, get the Lakers part <laughs> taken out of my you know, supposed contract there. All right, uh, I don't want to avoid the East here totally. I mean, Milwaukee was here on Tuesday night. You know, without Middleton, they beat the Suns. They've won twenty one of their last twenty three, and they've been short handed for a bunch of those games. Why have the Bucks showed so much improvement during the season? Which uh, you know, certainly statistically and numerically, that's true. And then just watching them, it seems to be true. Yeah, I think the, the the easy answer is Chris Middleton came back and has been healthy, and he's been in the lineup semi-regularly. You know, he doesn't play back-to-back yet, and he's on a minutes restriction, but since January 23rd, his return in a 20-point win against the Detroit Pistons, they've only lost two games. So I, I look at that as just the obvious change in the before and after. Um, but also, you know, Brooke Lopez might win Defensive Player of the Year and is uh, shooting the three ball better than he ever has in his career. Drew Holiday should make his fifth all-defensive team. He should be a lock for that. He's amazing. Uh, very difficult physical guard. Uh, and they have Giannis. And Giannis is just a man with no answers when he comes downhill for you. So, uh, they're very good. They're very deep. I think the Jay Crowder acquisition, former Phoenix Sun, obviously, uh, is important for them and just how many different lineups they can play where they don't have to lean on some of the smaller guards they did in the playoffs last year, like Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton and Javon Carter. Um, they can play with more size and heft, and they're just a total bear on defense. They take everything away except mid-range jump shots, and uh, they're very good on that end. So when you have the talent that they do, the outside shooting, they take a ton of threes, make a lot of threes, um, and then you have Giannis, who's just been an indescribably great. Uh, you're a great basketball team, and I think that they should right now be considered the prohibitive favorite to win the championship. All right, last up, the Celtics, you know, they've had uh, players in and out of the lineup. They've split their last 10 games. Back to my favorite question, I guess, uh, especially in the NBA this season, this is my favorite question. Uh, let's go the Celtics' reason for concern or no big deal. I don't think the sky is falling on Boston. I think that uh, when healthy, they are, you know, I just said that the Bucks right now should be the primitive favorite. I do believe that, but I also think that in a seven-game series, um, if Rob Williams is available, if Al Horford looks spry, uh, that the Boston Celtics can easily beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They have an incredible offense when they play with pace, when they play with like a, a an assertiveness in the half court. Jason Tatum is amazing on both ends, and when he's on the court, they're really difficult to stop and they can play so many different lineups. Uh, they've got 
that shooting, they've got guard play, they've got playmakers. They basically have an all-defensive team in their rotation. Uh, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Rob Williams, Tatum, Jalen Brown, who's been uh, on a heater recently. Just they're, they're such a talented team. They went to the finals last year. So despite how up and down they've been since the All-Star break, I still think that this team should have championship aspirations and can certainly win it all. Michael, great stuff. I really appreciate it. I look forward to doing it again. Thanks. Thank you. My pleasure. Michael Pena of The Ringer, excellent stuff there. We covered quite a bit, certainly in the West and a little in the East there. Uh, but, yeah, he hit, he touched on Philadelphia, so I don't think I needed to get back into them. NCAA tournament action is underway. West Virginia with a 13-4 lead. We're at the second TV timeout, a little under 12 minutes to go in the first half of game number one of the NCAA tournament. All right, next segment will be phone call time, 602-260-1060. General discussion. Also of the local roundup, that will include some ASU basketball from last night, kind of a, a statistical analysis of the first half of that game, uh, an incredible first half for ASU against Nevada. We'll also get into a little on the Suns. And uh, you know, rumor has it uh, we have our uh, – you know, at some point, our spring training report. And we've only got two segments to go in the sports zone. And it's going to be in one of those two segments. So stay tuned, and you can win lunch for two at Porta Subs. Then, once again, don't forget after the sports zone, there'll be plenty of more college basketball discussion, and I'm sure some NFL. They uh, seem like somebody signs every five seconds, even today, three days into the. Uh, free agency period still stuff going on that'll be the extra point hosted by kayla you listen to sports with bob kemp on kdusa am 1060 and kiss lux hd2 100.7 it's time for today's local roundup welcome back to the sports zone with bob kemp on kdusa am 1060 and kiss lux hd2 100.7 in addition to the local roundup it is phone call time to the kdus hotline at 602-260-1060 we we'll to the phone lines in just a couple of moments. First up, poll questions for today, and we'll answer these uh, in the uh, 11 o'clock hour during the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. And uh, we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is ASU's uh, spectacular performance against Nevada, a one-game thing or a sign of things to come in the NCAA tournament. And also today's Twitter poll question do you approve of the Cardinals' seemingly passive approach to begin the offseason? Obviously, uh, Zach Allen and Byron Murphy amongst those leaving via free agency already. All right, on to the local roundup we go. And uh, what we don't get to in this next segment, uh, this segment we'll get to at some strategical point, and I'm sure during the extra point. But I do want to touch on ASU, <clears throat> excuse me, touch on ASU here a little bit. Uh, the Sun Devils played an almost perfect first half on, uh, on uh, Wednesday night. They were favored by two and a half. They were far more athletic than Nevada. They won 98 to 73. The 98 points, the most for ASU in any game in 10 years. The first half included separate runs of 13-0 and 17-0. Also, the ASU's inconsistent shooting much of the season, not last night, the 53 points. That's the most that ASU has scored in any half this season. In the first half, they made 21 of 31 field goal attempts, 68%. They hit 8 out of 14 from behind the arc, 57%. They had 13 assists and one turnover in the first half. They also had a 22 to 4 points in the paint advantage. 
12-0 in turnover points off of turnovers. And Nevada had averaged just 10 turnovers per game on the season, 24th best in the nation. Well, Nevada had eight turnovers in the first half last night against ASU. A dominant performance by the Sun Devils. All right, on to the phone lines we go. Excuse me. On to the phone lines we go. Monroe and Glendale. What's going on, Monroe? Hello, Bob. How we doing? I want to give you my final four, and I got a couple of questions about John Moran. Okay. Okay, my final four, and I, I have to warn you, I use the Diane Chambers method for picking teams. Oh, I don't, ever, I don't know if you ever watched Cheers or not, but Diane used to win all the time. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, I just didn't remember who. Yeah, okay, I'm good with you. Yeah. Right. So my final four is uh, Alabama against Purdue, Kansas against Texas, and Alabama winning it all. Okay. Uh, I have Texas winning it all. I had to fill out, like, sort of. I'm, I'm in a, I don't do a pool thing, so to speak, but I'm actually in a contest with a friend of mine for, you know, for big American bucks, and uh, and we we actually draft every team in the tournament. So we did. I did a draft yesterday afternoon, and I actually, uh, I like Texas, uh, which is crazy. I think I've said several times this year that if they're all playing well. Uh, I think they have the most talent in the country. I'm also a little concerned that they still have, even after last week when they won the Big 12 tournament, they have not extended or taken away the interim tag from Rodney Terry, the head coach, uh, after reports a couple of weeks ago. And nobody's denied these reports, to my understanding, that uh, they're not going to keep him no matter what happens in the off yeah. in, the, uh, in the postseason here. So that that's, a, that's something that's still in the back of my mind. But... I just couldn't uh, go away from taking Texas, and plus, I don't know if it's a part of a thing that I don't want Houston to make it, but uh, if they play each other, I think that Texas definitely is one of the few teams that uh, will not uh, back down to Houston's toughness. Right, right. Uh, you know, so I don't like Kevin Sampson, so that's why. That's well, I don't blame me. I don't blame you that. I don't like him either. Well, I should rephrase that. I mean, he's certainly done some uh, inappropriate things, as the NCAA will, you know, tell you. And you know, he's broken rules at a couple of different places. But I think he's a tremendous coach. I've never yeah, said yeah. that he couldn't coach. It kind of reminds me of Tarkanian, who yeah, I lived in Vegas, and no, I didn't. I despise Jerry Tarkanian more than any maybe any person that's ever been in sports and. Broke every rule there could be to you know could possibly break and didn't care if you know, people knew about it or not, but that man could also coach and I never said yeah. he couldn't coach and the same thing with Calvin Sampson even though I don't want to really completely compare Sampson to Tarkanian because I don't think anybody's ever reached the lows that Jerry Tarkanian did during his career. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you 100. percent Um. With regards to John Moran, there's a couple of questions that I have in my mind. And I, yeah, I apologize. I only got about two minutes here, but my bad. Go, go ahead. Okay. So, first question is, what did he go to rehab for? Uh, supposedly uh, to get, I don't know what the official term was, but some kind of clear his mind type of thing or figure out, you know, get his, you know, to get uh, – hopefully learned what's right and wrong, but I'm not exactly sure what the official thing was. Yeah. I don't know how you get rehab. from. I don't know. I don't understand that. Especially uh, in like two weeks or less than yeah, two yeah. weeks. Yeah. And lastly, uh, 
what do they expect to be the end result, that he won't go to strip clubs and take guns yeah. like every other player in the NBA? That- well, <laughs> well, I don't know about that part, but, I mean, I the strip club thing, uh, you know, I guess he's claiming it wasn't his gun. Well, whatever, you had a gun. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I don't understand. The whole thing is just uh, immature, and I think you can make a pretty good case uh, that there's just somebody who, uh, you know, got too much too soon in his life as far as, a, you know, accolades and a star athlete, etc. And he has, I think it's really safe to say that he has not handled the situation properly. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would say that's the whole Memphis team, right? Too much, too fast. So, well, all right, yeah, but I wouldn't want to, I don't want to compare anybody else in their team to him because, you know, I don't know what else these other guys are doing, but they've got, they've got some immature players. So, you know, Dylan Brooks is a, is a punk on the floor. I don't know if he's a punk off the floor. Right. No, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. All right, Bob. Okay. okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good stuff, Monroe. All right, time for our spring training report brought to you by Porta Sub. So right now, caller number two, caller number two, lots of twos coming here, 602-260-1060. You are today's winner of lunch for two at Porta Subs. Once again, caller number two, 602-260-1060. On today's spring training report in Team USA, Merrill Kelly was a starting pitcher last night, and Team USA advanced to the World Baseball Classic, Mike Trout, Continued his excellent World Baseball Classic with uh, he had three hits, including a triple, drove in three runs as Team USA won three to two uh, against uh, you know Team Columbia last night at Chase Field. Mookie Betts had a couple of hits and scored twice for Team USA. So Team USA will face Venezuela, which went four and zero in Pool D. Uh, they will face Venezuela in a quarterfinal on Saturday in Miami. The winner. We'll face Cuba in the semifinal Sunday uh, in Miami for a ticket to the championship. Well, I guess we're kind of, I don't know if they officially call this the knockout round, but it is one and done uh, from here on in the World Baseball Classic. Meanwhile, a couple of injury updates. First up, the Dodgers got some good news about Freddie Freeman. Freeman left the uh, Team Canada uh, World Baseball Classic game earlier this week with a hamstring injury. Uh, and missed the final game for Team Canada. They got beat after that, so they were eliminated by Columbia. But Freeman's expected to be okay. In fact, they don't even have a follow-up MRI in his hamstring, and uh, he's expected to be back in a batting cage this morning. He might have already done that, in fact. Bad news for the Mets. Uh, Closer Edwin Diaz uh, closed out the game to send Puerto Rico to the quarterfinals of the WBC, and uh, they had a celebration he was injured during the celebration, was taken off the field in the wheelchair, and there's reports this morning, at least one report this morning, that he might be out for the season for the Mets. So I'm sure we'll hear more about that in uh, the next uh, few hours here. Maybe there's been more since then. I haven't had time to check since the top of the hour. That is today's spring training report from Porta Subs. Download the KDUS 1060 app and register to qualify for the grand prize winner of Porta Subs for a year and spring training tickets for the March 24th Diamondbacks Reds game. We have one entry per day on that you know, big giveaway there. Uh, Porta Subs is slicing up the uh, the quality that you crave, the premium meats, and the tremendous fresh break bread, the veggie, the veggie toppings, the savory sauces. It's all at Porta Subs. Also, you can uh, 
you know, taste, uh, get the taste you crave at your neighborhood Porta Subs. Go to portasubs.com to order online and check out your closest Valley location. All right, coming up next, it'll be a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's sports zone with the national roundup, topped by a little from college basketball last night, the other play-in game last night, or the other first four. They hate the term play-in, my apologies, even though I don't feel that bad about it. Uh, but the other game last night at Dayton, we'll get to that a little bit. And then time pending, a little NBA tonight. And uh, the Suns line for tonight. And uh, a little, some college basketball. And, of course, we have the Extra Point upcoming hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. And we'll have tons of college basketball. And we'll have updates throughout the next uh, rest of the morning regarding the NCAA tournament games that are underway. Last I saw it was 21-16 with West Virginia leading Maryland in the first game of the NCAA tournament, which started around 9.15 our time. It's time for today's National Roundup. And welcome back to the final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSA AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. NCAA tournament updates here. Maryland is uh, playing West Virginia, and West Virginia currently leading 26-22, but West Virginia's got some foul issues uh, for at least two players early in this game. And Virginia, that first game, is uh, we're at about five minutes to go in the first half, that uh, Maryland game. And then Virginia has a 15-7 lead over Furman, and uh, we're talking about 12 minutes to go in the first half of that contest. We'll continue to update scores and have uh, hopefully witty analysis throughout the uh, next uh, couple of hours when the extra point hosted by Kayla, which starts at the top of the hour. All right, let's get through this hour and uh, get uh, done with the uh, the uh, the national roundup. We'll start the NBA for tonight, and the Suns are hosting uh, Orlando, as I talked about at the top of the show. They're an eight-point favorite over the Magic. Total in that game is uh, 228.5 tonight, the consensus total. Two other games involving Western Conference teams, Denver trying to win a four-game losing streak, and uh, they're a 14.5-point road favorite tonight at Detroit. Total in that game is 228.5. And then uh, Sacramento is at Brooklyn tonight, and Brooklyn's a 2.5-point favorite over Sacramento. Total in that game is a 238. Meanwhile, last night, Fairleigh Dickinson won the first game, played at Dayton. Fairleigh Dickinson won 84-61. to That's the first ever NCAA tournament victory in four tries against, uh, you know, four Fairleigh Dickinson, four years they've made the tournament. First win ever. Uh, they led 14-2, to was never really close. They had a, they shot 50%. They made 11 threes. On the other hand, uh, Texas, Texas Southern, which is still amazing, they actually beat ASU way back early in the season. Uh, but te- Texas Southern shot 28% uh, from three-point range, and they were actually that was the they're, they're, they were worst in the conference in the SWAC at shooting threes, and they weren't good last night either. Meanwhile, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a little throat issue here this morning. My apologies, but uh, the U of A 14 and a half against Princeton today. Total in that game is at 154. That game's at uh, 1 o'clock from Denver today. Also today, as uh, 
Actually, tomorrow, I apologize, Grand Canyon at uh, against uh, Gonzaga tomorrow. That game's in Denver. And Grand Canyon opened a 17-point underdog. That number's down to 15.5, total sitting at 156. And then ASU tomorrow night plays against TCU. And TCU, the early number was uh, ASU a 5-point underdog. That game is uh, now up to 6 in uh, most worldwide locations. At least that's the consensus. Total sitting at 141 in that particular game. All right, stay tuned. The next two hours, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. We'll have plenty more NCAA tournament scoring updates. As I mentioned, hopefully some witty analysis and certainly more phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. The Extra Point's up next.